Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nika Anani and I'm your host. This week I was joined by Priyanka Zielinski, who is a business leader. She's an author. She's a Next Generation member um, who studied in the US, moved back to India, her home country, to work in the family business, then moved to the UAE to expand the family business there and works with her husband in the business. And, oh gosh, there was just so much in this conversation that I absolutely loved. Um, She, beyond her story, which was just so fascinating, so we went in depth in that. And um, she's also an author of a book that is um, the... She's also an author of The Ultimate Family Business Survival Guide, where she seeks to debunk myths about joining the family business for next gens. So she seeks to promote how she believes family businesses are a great platform for next gens. And in this conversation, she spoke a lot about the risk of losing out on the entrepreneurial legacy from a generational perspective if next gens just stay on the sidelines and refuse to really engage and get involved. And I loved this piece when she gave a charge to us about if I don't, who will? And the context of this is if I don't get involved, if I don't seek to transform, if I don't seek to leverage off the existing platform, who will? And what's the cost of that? Um, It was just a really, oh my goodness, amazing conversation. So tune in and enjoy. Thank you. Welcome, Priyanka, to The Connected Generation. I am so excited to have you today. Thank you so much. I am excited as well. Um, So you are an author of The Ultimate Family Business Guide. You are a next-gen family business owner. You're a champion of women in business. Um, But before we unpack all of that, can you just tell us more about your journey, your story, how you got to where you are today? You know, Nikki, my journey is pretty straightforward. I completed my education in the U.S. and moved back to India, where a large chunk of our family business is, and without any hesitation, jumped right in. I was very excited to join the business, and that's where I have been for the last 14 years. And um, it has given me the opportunity to bring it to the UAE, to Dubai, where I live and work um, with my family. And it's throughout the journey, which has not been smooth, I have come to appreciate what a terrific platform our family business has been for me. And that's what I've tried to do in my book is to encourage the next gen to consider joining their family business and trying to debunk some of the myths associated with joining the family business. So yeah, it's been a very, very good, smooth, straightforward journey for me. Incredible, incredible. So from the US to India to the UAE, that would have been a lot of transition. Um, What was that like from the US to India firstly? and working in the business. What was that transition like for you? Uh, It was interesting because all my personal assumptions about how business should be done were Hmm. 
immediately slammed by my father's very Indian style of how business was being conducted. And I was put in my place pretty quickly. I was told that they were going to continue to do things how they're done. And they did not need anyone looking at them with their Western judgmental lens. Mm. And, and I quickly realized um, that if I had to apply any of my Western education to Indian family businesses, I would have to tailor it to the Indian scene. And I stopped fighting that battle because I, I did come to realize that in every culture, and, and you probably know this too, business is done very locally there are, there are local nuances and style of yeah. business and so I I surrendered to that and mm. I did and then when I moved from India to the UAE seven years ago um, it was not that hard the transition was not that hard I was older I was prepared to adjust and learn mm. and the cultural similarities between the Middle East and India, South Asia and Middle East were, you know, they were much more than the West and India. So it was a lesser yeah. transition. Um, and, and I've really come to appreciate being in the UAE, uh, how business minded the country is, mm. how little red tape there is to, to really doing something with speed so it's been a, a breath of fresh air to work in the UAE uh, as compared to India where we have a lot of uh, very unique challenges to India mm. and you're still working with the family business yes I, I work in our family business with my husband in the UAE there's so much to unpack Priyanka so much to unpack firstly what is a family business so um, we have two main family businesses and they're kind of interconnected. In one business, we mine and uh, manage minerals used to produce steel, which are limestone, iron ore, um, and uh, the like. And in one business, we manufacture steel products, especially steel structures. Mm-hmm. And what brought my husband and I to the UAE was uh, the opportunity in the UAE to mine limestone. And people know that limestone is used to make cement, but it's a little known fact that limestone is also used to make steel. It's it's about 15% of steel. Wow. Yeah. 15%. I never knew that. Yeah. Steel is iron, right? Iron, yes. Iron plus oxygen or something? This is chemistry. <laughs> this is like chemistry GCSE coming back to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's incredible. There's so much um, to unpack. Um, you mentioned that you, you work with your husband in the UAE in the family business. Can you share more about um what that journey was like it's it's quite unusual I must say to see an in-law of a female child of a family business owner um, to come into joining the family business with the many dynamics at play can you share more about your your journey in that regard yes absolutely my husband um, comes from a family business 
my father-in-law successful oh. his family business so my husband was exposed to it pretty much his entire life he mm-hmm. chose um, a career in diplomacy and was uh, a diplomat uh for in his adult life and and into our marriage mm. and as he saw the business grow in the UAE he realized there was opportunity for him to come in and help and add value and you know in family businesses we are always trapped for management at the top doing mm. so many different things that if you can trust somebody to come in and you trust their expertise and their willingness to work hard you know they're welcome <laughs> the more hands the better so it was a, it was a perfect fit to have him come in he was excited to come in um and you know it it started off with discussions um informal discussions in the living room and then it we formalized it and it really helped us as a family too because we have three young kids so having my husband take on a bulk of going to the mine and going to the project sites mm. um, allowed me to step back from the active operational role to be a mother so for us it worked out really really well um my husband and i uh, have very complementary skills um so we make a very good team oh that's really incredible and that he came from a family business himself meant that he had the context and understood obviously every family and every business is different but um there's some kind of key exposure that would be really helpful in navigating um marrying into a business family working in a business family and it's it's great to hear that your co-ownership is one of full of collaboration and and mutual support um I I often I'm also a co-owner with my husband and I a lot of people say to me how do you work with your husband how <laughs> and I'm like actually I find it he's a great support like he sees we see things very differently I'm um finance business background HR um he's engineering operations supply chain so fusing our skills is super helpful in building a business Yeah no I I can relate to that I feel the same way incredible you said for you the family business has been a terrific platform and you often try to get next gens to debunk the myths that are out there about joining the family business can you share more about that you know when i joined my family business i felt that many of my friends and fellow students who had the opportunity to join their family business did not uh choose the business they chose the corporate world mm. and they felt the family businesses would not allow them to make changes they were very parochial um they didn't really associate or couldn't relate to the product of the business or the service of the business mm. and and the message that i that i wanted to get out with my book was that the family business the next gens can come in into their family business and they don't necessarily have to do the same exact thing that has been going on in the family business they can view yeah. platform the resources and take it in so many different directions 
Um, and there is a real need for next gens like us to come into the family business because we cannot dismiss them. If we write them off, then there is no future, right? If we say, oh, my uh-huh. God, is so parochial, I'm not going to join it. If I don't, who will? If I don't transform the business, who will? And we are at a grave risk of losing not just the business opportunity, the entire legacy, the entire style, mm. the entire value chain of the way our fathers and grandfathers and grandmothers and mothers built this business. So it's, I don't want to position it as a, as a moral responsibility. I wanted to excite mm-hmm. the next gens and, and tell them that there's so much out there in the family business that you can use to your advantage and and use to your own passion Mm -hmm. so you can you know if you want to do something with tech and your family business does not have it is not in the tech industry then take your family business into the tech tech industry or or be like okay I'm going to come into the family business and I'll try to see what synergies there can be or what resources I can draw from try to find a way to to kind of use the existing platform because that way you can maintain one foot into the family business and learn from that and 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 take your passion forward because family businesses are rooted in such specific cultural information and knowledge and how to do certain things that you have imbibed as an ex-gen. It's already in your bloodstream, whether you, you choose to accept it or acknowledge it or not. And, and we are at a risk of losing that if you don't come into the business. So I'm trying to get next-gens to not focus on the negatives of family business, but to come in and just embrace all of it and run with it. Well, that's really, really incredible. You said so many why statements there there's a risk of losing an entire entrepreneurial legacy by not getting involved so from your experience from your friends or just um um folks that you know what's the friction for um these next gens why don't they want to join the family businesses oh nikki repeatedly i hear that they want to change a lot of things about the family business and the way it's conducted Mm-hmm. And they feel like they are unable to change the culture of an organization that's functioned in one way for decades, you know. So mm-hmm. you're the only voice trying to change a massive uh, institution. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of frustration. Um, there is a lot of anxiety among next gens because they feel like there's pressure on them to perform, to mm-hmm. grow a business that has grown over the last few decades. So how do you come in and add value to something that's already doing so well? Like what mm-hmm. can, what more can you do? Will you succeed? Are you cut out for it? There's a lot of self-doubt. There's a lot of anxiety. And, and, and I'm sure you face this. That pressure can be very hard to deal with because next gens are not prepared. Nobody, you know, we are told, okay, you have this platform, come into it, but nobody really walks us through it. And we look at our parents for support but the the vast majority of the friction is with the parents so we're looking at the wrong you know they are not prepared to bring us in we are not prepared to have all these range of conversations with them mm. so it's a big recipe for chaos it's a big recipe for hurt feelings it's very emotional 
and a lot of next gen just don't want to deal with that you know yeah, yeah. so that, yeah. that causes a lot of friction yeah it's not easy at all um it, it really isn't easy and, and and you mentioned that a number of folks want to come in with a mindset to change yes right um and the truth is i often say that you can't change what you don't understand yes um, i also find that with next gens because i lived it myself we have no or very little concept of how long is long enough or good enough and when we will truly be experienced because you come mm. in maybe in one or two years you feel like you've seen it all you've done it all like you want to you, you want to be heard you want changes done mm. it takes so long to really see the full picture and i hate to admit that it takes so long for us to to build empathy and build wisdom and it took me a large mm. part of it to even come to that understanding myself i'm so embarrassed to admit and i and i want to that's why I tell next gens we have to be patient it takes time yeah. Yeah. we are we are unable to see that timeline you know it's frustrating because we do not we don't know how long is good enough mm-hmm. and and i want to tell the next gens to really see themselves through a good 5 to 10 years to really be able to add value that's powerful um i completely agree i think a lot of the time we're so dreams of change this in 90 days 21 steps to this seven ways to three <laughs> and as a society we are so short termist in our mindsets um and so impatient dealing with family business is not operate that way um there's a lot more at, at play and one has to be i i literally as you were talking it was like you were talking about my journey it took me about 5 to 7 years to gain true um what i would say um what's what i'm looking for um altitude to understand to levitate among, above what was going on and see the bigger picture and realize that actually uh um this i also had a lot of influence on the system any personal behavioral changes i made would impact on a wider system um and so yeah i completely agree with you patience is definitely key and you mentioned that you had a lot of frustration when you first moved back to india you know with your expectations management is the summary of it um how business should be done versus how they're done in reality and you came back with a judgmental western view can you speak more to that so you know you see businesses in america or you feel like you understand what you're seeing and um mm-hmm. from the surface of it they do seem very organized with a lot of systems and mechanisms in place and mm-hmm. whether they are chaotic or not in real life they're not portrayed like that and and that chao- um chaotic decision making is not celebrated right it gets like no no, no we yeah. have- yes we got to control everything has to be controlled yeah we put in something it needs to come out in a very predictable way and and in india we realized that all business was being done in the gray lines of 
of like indefiniteness, right? So white and black, and then there is gray, and that's how most of India is operating in the gray. So, mm. and and every all decision making is is very chaotic because the number of factors that moving pieces that we are accounting for are way more and way out of our control. Yeah. Anything in the West because of just the sheer diversity of our products and our clients and the way payments are structured and how delays happen in projects and how we accommodate for those delays. And I felt like nothing in the West could explain <laughs> that, you know? So I could come there and be like, let's make an Excel sheet and nobody can deviate from this Excel sheet. Well, at what cost, you know, because I can stand here and say system, 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 but it's not going to solve the on ground problem. So we have to adjust and see, okay, no. this is how it's done here. Like we have to now forget the Excel sheet and see, okay, right now it's raining very heavily. We got to move all the structure out of the rain, you know, forget mm-hmm. delay or whatever. So it's, that took a lot of time and and I felt like first I felt in the in the early days that it was my personal failure that I could not implement what I set out to. Mm. But it took some time to realize it was not my personal failure. What I was trying to do was complete mismatch to what was required, and I had to just relearn it. Yeah. So I just stopped being so hard on myself and stopped trying to, you know, have this uphill battle with the system and, mm. and adjust everything really. I would say the biggest word of my twenties in family business was to learn to surrender. I had yeah, to you mentioned to- that word before and it struck me. Speak more about that. You have to surrender to your father's style of working, which I <laughs> Finally done. And it has worked out well. And you have to surrender to the chaos of how things are done in India. And and I really feel like once you surrender, you're basically saying, okay, I I give up. I'm here to listen and learn now. I'm no more of me telling you guys how to do this. I have to learn everything from scratch from you guys. And and once you do that, and it's it's it is still bothers me how long it uh, took me to come to that um, it does make things easier it makes things easier you listen more um, and in fact in my book I talk about that you know we, we hear this everywhere listen more listen more you know mm. talk less but when you really start to listen mm. you know you have to completely change your own outlook and your own assumptions about so many things in family business Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted the next gens to, you know, kind of just see a very bare experience, very honest experience of, of me coming into my family business and the lessons I learned. I just wanted to lay them out because I wanted to then hopefully encourage them to maybe shortcut their path to some sort of surrender, some sort of middle ground in, in adjustment. That is powerful, Priyanka. Um, you're like you're you're speaking to my soul right now. Surrender to that style of leadership. Surrender to the chaotic nature of the country. And I think also labeling matters, right? Um, you can choose to say it's chaotic, or you can choose to say it's dynamic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And and when I first moved back to Nigeria, my dad always used to say, 
because I was supposed to go to business school um, and I didn't get in. I applied to only one business school. That was London Business School. And he was like, it's, it's good you didn't get in anyway. All that grammar they're teaching you is only applicable in the West. <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is the real business school. There's certain things that business school will not prepare you for in a developing country environment. And um, your point about surrendering essentially is not acceptance, but a willingness, uh, an emotional state of being willing to receive. Yeah. And to learn is so important. I often say that folks should try not to be like teachers when you're moving back into a family business. But be like a journalist. Um, be inquisitive. Ask questions. Have no concept of what the right answer is. Just listen and learn with curiosity. Um, try to make linkages between things. Like an investigative journalist, not like a teacher that knows that one plus one is two, therefore you failed. And they're just looking for the right answer and tell you that you got an A, you got a B, you got a C, you need to retake this class. Um, that's really not helpful in one's journey in moving back. So I love, love, love your point about being surrendered. Um, you are a woman, obviously, um, in a family business. And can you share more about your journey being a female? Um, what specific, I'm often asked this question and sometimes I, I'm like, here we go. Um, but um, what specific challenges did you face as a woman in the family business and how do you overcome that? Um, my answer is very um, non-traditional in this because my experience is very smooth and positive. I was the first woman in my family to have the opportunity to leave India to study in the U.S. I left for undergraduate studies. I left at 17, yeah. uh, at, at which point people looked at my father and said, why are you sending your daughter so young? You know, maybe you should wait till at least graduate school. Like, why? Are you? And my father said, no, she, she wants to study. And, you know, there's great opportunities for her to, to um, have this experience. So I'm going to, I'm going to encourage it. And then my father encouraged me to go to graduate school. And then my father encouraged me to come into the business. And I feel like that would be the ultimate battle, right? If my father said no, then I would have the biggest battle of my life to convince the only person who matters. But I never had to convince him. So because I never had to convince my father, the rest of the world didn't matter. My father was my biggest champion, is my biggest champion. Mm. And he always acts like I belong in the business. So he acts like that. And don't have to explain myself to anyone. Mm. And in the steel industry, I felt like, you know, people always give it a bad rep, but I never felt any, any sexism, ageism, probably people looked at me with in concern because I was 23 and I looked like I was 13. So, you know, <laughs> if you have a huge project in steel, I would be worried about giving it to somebody who looked that young, but, you know, and they would ask me about experience, but they would not, you know, at least on my face, ever talk about me being a woman. And it, it literally went from sometimes out of concern, you know, in the early years of me being in business, in the clients and the suppliers would say, can you please check with your father on this? Can I speak to your father about this? Like sort of trying mm. to pass mm. me and go on to him. And then it quickly became, please don't tell your father about this. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and it quickly became oh you know if your father gets involved it, it'll get delayed can you just quickly do it <laughs> like my father can you just put priyanka background line where's priyanka um and so you know it i i've i found no resistance from the industry and i have nothing negative to say i was welcomed in project sites i was welcomed everywhere um and having said that i also understood my boundaries in india you know in india certain um aspects of our industry are very difficult for women to work in and mm. project sites are remote it requires driving in remote areas for hours so mm. I, i never challenged those limits i never said oh just to make a point i'm now going to sit in a car and drive 5 hours in the wilderness so i never tried to to fight battles that made no sense so i never asked for something that i knew i would would everybody at you know they would all be uncomfortable about um i was it was very safe for me to travel to my own factory so i, I was given that opportunity i traveled to my factory weekly i traveled to my mine you know our our projects in the uae frequently but if there was something that would put other people at like i'm not so sure if we can take you take care of you or, or this is a safe space for you i wouldn't fight it i i was not trying to have a gender battle at work um as i realize like if my safety is something my father would worry about i don't want to cause any anxiety i also preferred to work from home a couple of days a week even back then even bef- much much before covid i had a desk at home i had a system at home and i i felt like i was very productive at home uh, because being in the office i was always available to answer questions and then i couldn't do my own work mm-hmm. so that also helped my family be at ease because every week a couple of days i would be available at home and i was working from home and now it's the biggest strength of my family business that i can work from home whenever i want to so I, they're all used to that um and especially with having young kids it's given me tremendous flexibility um so i was very careful and i say this to next gen women all the time pick your battles you know live to fight another day don't try to fight issues just for the sake of a gender fight or just for the sake of proving a point because you will be surprised they are not they like the the people on the other end are not sexist they're not trying to put you down because you're a woman there are lots of concerns they have that they cannot even articulate so don't put them in that position and and even if you do want to make a gendered statement or you do want to make change or clear a space for women do it from within the system find a way to alter it by winning them over not by dictating to them saying oh i have not come from the west this is how it works in the west so now all women in the office and all men are equal and we're all mm. going to go to remote areas and mm. you know it doesn't work like that so you have to win them over to cause to, for them to trust you and feel safe and then bring about a change and you will see that there is hardly any resistance i've had no resistance the steel industry mm. is very male dominated because a lot of women are just discouraged from joining it mm. you know mm. but if you tell if you come in and work in the steel industry they'll all be they'll get over the fact that you're a woman in the first few seconds and then they'll start complaining about why your project is delayed so they move from that pretty quickly <laughs> no this is absolutely 
incredible. Um, you mentioned and said that your dad never made you feel like you didn't belong and you were an outsider. I wonder whether that inner sense of safety um, gave you a confidence and a conviction in the business to own your space and whether other females don't necessarily enjoy that inner safety and affirmation um, and that sense of belonging and that's why they get nervous about joining the business or being in male-dominated areas because my, my journey is very, my experience is very similar to you. Um, my father never made me feel like I didn't belong. Um, never made any gender-specific comments. Um, our family business is in a very male-dominated environment as well, structured. Um, very, very similar to you, but I, I'm asked this question over and over again. How did you do it as a woman? How did your dad give you responsibility as a woman? Where were your brothers? Um, yeah, my brothers were there. They chose not to join the business and they've never joined the business <laughs> till now. Um, so I do, I do wonder um, about whether you and I are anomalies because of the support and safety we've had from our fathers and from our, our, our nuclear home families or extended home families. What are your thoughts? No, you're absolutely right. Um, that I do take for granted, the support, because I've had it all my life from my father and my brother and the men in my life and now my husband. You know, I, I take it for granted. And I know that a lot of young women and next-gen women may not have that. And, and then I would, my two cents to them would be to win over your family first and win it mm. by speaking their language and in taking small steps towards them, allowing you to do certain things so they feel comfortable. Because I really do feel every father, every family wants to give them, you know, the big best opportunities for their daughters, but they are concerned. There's so much there's so much societal pressure on our family members, you know, depending yeah. on the culture we are raised in, of marriage, of, of having children, of our safety. Yeah. And these are real pressures and these are real challenges. We cannot dismiss them. So you have to find a way to articulate a position with your own family before you go out into the world. And for some people, it can be easy, like it has been for you and I. And for some people, it's a process. But it's it's a process that is yours to win over and, and yours to go through. Completely. And I'm often asked a similar question, like, your husband let you work in the business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I'm not property. <laughs> like, like, ooh, he must be a very special man to let you work in the family business. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> You know, my husband um, comes from a very large American family and his mother, my mother-in-law, is one of the wisest women um, we know. She's such an articulate, strong, opinionated woman. She raised two daughters. You know, my husband grew up seeing his sisters have tremendous opportunity. And my mother-in-law always, you know, provided equal platform for her three sons and the two daughters and I feel like she raised really feminist three sons because of how much respect they give to their wives you know because they saw their sisters growing up mm. and so <laughs> we 
we never had these let you work conversations in our house because when my husband and I met, he we met in India and I was already very much involved in my family business and he saw that um, mm. right off the bat and we, we never had discussions of whether I would continue working in it or not um, or what, I, you know, I feel like whatever I want to do, my husband has my bag and and is one of my biggest supporters, you know, whether it's if I want to stay home and be with the kids or whether I want to take time off and finish my book or mm. anything. But I think it's coming from his upbringing and his, his, he always watched his father treat his mother with so much respect. And then mm-hmm. uh, the sisters being treated with so much respect. And then the sister's husband's treating them with respect and his siblings, his, his brothers treating their wives. So it's, it's an ecosystem. Mm. You're, you're just seeing everybody in your family do this so he's surrounded by this so he has mm. no excuse <laughs> um he is he's very very articulate and and just an easygoing supporter you know he's not one of those guys who will march in a women's march because he's just mm. the support every day in his daily life mm-hmm. so mm. Very interesting style in which he operates. Very, very calm and supportive, and and easygoing. Incredible, um, and a lo- very strong parallels as well with my my husband's, my in-laws, my father-in-law with my mother-in-law's greatest support as well, and vice versa. There was mutual respect and support for one another, and it's never been a conversation of my dreams are valid in this. In our marriage, um, I'm always championed and celebrated, pushed, actually. So I want to do one X. Why can't I do 100 X is the question that I'm asked, right? Um, and as we're navigating cultural complexity as next gens, where many people will school in the UK, school in the US, come back home with a different worldview, um, what are your thoughts on how female rising next gens can, you know, navigate multiculturalism, the two worlds? The next gens are really naturally cut out for this because they have, Mm. they're the most traveled, most technologically savvy, most Mm. attuned with what's going on literally around the world in politics and culture and music and arts that we ever were. So they are just, like they're just growing up as totally global, right? Mm. And I feel like the next ones have a lot of um, inbuilt strengths. Like they are so much more collaborative. Mm. Like the previous generation was really skeptical, right? Like we were like, yep. oh my gosh, competition. Like let's keep everything hush hush. Don't share. And you know, much of how my father's business was, it was like that because that's how they were growing up. And the next ones are like, oh, you do X and I do Y. Like, why don't we do a merger? Like, why don't we do this together? Or why don't we, you know, you come on my podcast and I write about you or we mm. go together. They're so much more collaborative. They mm. are really cut out for this. I feel like the, their mind doesn't have such blocks about, oh, you're American and I'm Indian and we are now going to live in Dubai. To them, it's like, oh, isn't that how everybody is? Mm. You know, my children, they, they have friends and most of their friends have parents 
who don't come from the same country or culture. So mm. to them, it's mm. very, very normal that their mother is Indian and their father's American because they tell me, oh, mommy, my friend's mother is Turkish and my father's British. And, you know, so for them, it's normal. They're living the new reality. I feel like the next gens are cut out from multiculturalism because they are living it in the most immersive way. Mm-hmm. And as, an, mm-hmm. as, as somebody who, who's like Gen Z or like in their 20s now, you cannot avoid it. Like you are, yeah. you are surrounded by it. Like you cannot, I feel like the, the adjustment is so much easier because the level of awareness is so high, right? Mm-hmm. I would say even when my husband and I met, you know, it was obviously easier because I had lived in America for many years. My husband had lived in India for many years. So we understood some parts of each other's culture. And we joke about this today that, that the hardest thing for us, the most multicultural thing we had to adjust was that when we got married, I was an Apple user and my husband was a PC user. (laughs) No, that's cultural multiculturalism right there. It was the hardest thing for us to talk about. We're like, okay, you know, you have to now end. We speak different languages. Yes, we speak very different languages, and none (laughs) of our equipments can sync. So we got to fix this problem. And 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 you know, I knew I married the right man because he gave up his PC and and got himself a Mac. So if he could make that sacrifice (laughs) early on, you know, I think we were set up for success. That's absolutely hilarious. I love that, Priyanka. <laughs> so you recently um, released a book. Tell us more about your book and where folks can get information on it. Uh, thank you. My book, The Ultimate Family Business Survival Guide, uh, had an international release a few months ago. It's published by Penn Macmillan. And it is available on Amazon all across the world, amazon.com, .uk, .in, and in bookstores in India. And frankly, I wasn't prepared uh, for the response it's received and the messages and the in-depth, um, you know, personal accounts that people have shared with me after reading um. my experience and, and me talking about my father People send me messages like, oh, your journey is like my journey. Just like you're seeing so much similarity with your experiences. Mm -hmm. Your father is exactly like my father. How did you deal with him? My father drives me crazy. And and I think, you know, there's a lot of how-to guides and a lot of discussion on family businesses from non-family business members in the field and in the industry, but there's very little honest accounts of next gens in the family business yeah. and, and putting it out there that it sucked. It was so hard. <laughs> I don't know why I did it and how I lasted. And, and I think my book was that book, that voice and where I just laid it out there. I said, it sucked. It was so hard. And I came out alive and loving it so here is you know my experience and I want to encourage you to come on this journey if you have the option of joining your family business it is the biggest platform that you can ever have so at least give it a shot give it a good shot you know and yeah that's what my book is and um, 
and I wrote it for next gens. I wrote it just Amazing. for that mission. Amazing. Thank you for your generosity of your story. Um, it's not easy to share your journey, to share your story, um, to be vulnerable and put yourself out there. But as you've seen from the response, people are better for it. Um, even just the affirmation that, oh, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. My journey is, people feel validated by that, even without the ideas on how to improve their situations. By representation really matters. Uh, connection really matters. So thank you. Thank you for that. And I look forward to, I've ordered my copy and I'm looking forward to, to reading it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. And if anyone wants to get hold of you, Priyanka, how best can they reach you? I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, they can definitely find me on LinkedIn. There is, there are very few Priyanka Zielinskis, so um, <laughs> to me. I also try to respond to all the direct messages I get on on Instagram. There could be a little bit delay, but I, I try to get to all of them. And my Instagram handle is again my name, Priyanka.Zelinsky. And I love hearing from people in family businesses. So it would be an honor to be in touch with you. So please do hit me up and reach out. Amazing. Thank you. This has been phenomenal. Wow. (laughs) I don't even know where to start. I think um, I loved just how Priyanka is just so calming. That was like what struck me in our conversation. She was just so surrendered. (laughs) So it's really interesting that she spoke about the word and how she's gone through a journey of surrendering. And, you know, as an ex-gen, there's often a need or want to want to change a lot of things. And whilst that zeal is great and it's fantastic, coming in with that mindset to change, you have to really spend time understanding what you seek to change and I love what Priyanka was saying that it does take some time to see the full picture um, it takes some time to understand the context right um, oftentimes many of us will be educated in the west and a lot of the thinking the systems the cultures the 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 best practice is obviously quite western centric and it really does take time to understand the nuance to understand like she says business is done very locally um customized solutions customized ideas to suit um our purposes and that does take a lot of time so seeing yourself through a lens of five to ten years is something that's very countercultural. <laughs> Because we are in an age where everything is instant, instant microwave society and what have you. Then I love how she brought out this piece on chaotic decision making <laughs> and how in it's not in, in climes that are less um, predictable, more dynamic. Um, decision making is not necessarily linear, not necessarily predictable. It, it can be a bit surprising. Right. Um, and as a leader, not judging oneself by um by outcomes but instead so letting go of this idea that you you have failed personally as a leader um, but instead embracing the context adjusting your expectations creating solutions that suit your environment and that context and back to her word surrender I think this word is not just for Priyanka but I think it's for everyone really as an ex-gen and 
Um, I think there's a huge irony here um, in that, like I said, we often come in with this desire to change a lot. And in seeking to change a lot, it can make one... um, one can come at the situation as wanting to be a teacher, like I said on the episode, rather than a journalist, right? So you have the you have the solutions in mind, and you're just trying to change everything to the you're working towards an answer rather than being inquisitive and learning a situation to know to be able to determine with other people what the answer should be. And this surrender does lead to an emotional state of being willing to receive and to be able to learn and be able to bring about the best solutions and implement the best solutions. So I came across a quote that says, transformation happens on the other side of surrender. I just found that so powerful. It's like, that's, it's so ironic that it's a letting go um, and the letting go of that zeal um, to some extent, or at least funneling it in a, in an impactful and effective way that will bring about the very transformation you're seeking, um, rather than a lot of frustration, (laughs) a lot of conflict, um, a lot of disappointment, and a lot of, like, Priyanka spoke about this kind of anger and feeling like you've let yourself down and you're a personal failure. So you're not, (laughs) you're not, um, embrace the surrender. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care. God bless you.